Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, once again, I want to really appreciate you for the privilege, opportunity uh, that I have to speak to your people through this medium and to as many as are there across the nations watching through telecast. I want to thank every one of you, and I count this a rare privilege. Thank you so much, Apostle Hands. Okay, so well, we continue from where we stopped yesterday, talking of exercising kingdom authority. And this is a very, very precious subject as far as I'm concerned. I'm going to read a few more scriptures like the ones I read yesterday for us to have a clear understanding of what we're dealing with. So, in Psalm 22 verse 27, the Bible says, All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord, and all the kindreds of the nations shall worship Him. All the ends of the world shall turn unto the Lord. And this is very, very important that you understand and he's saying, for the kingdom is the Lord's, and he is the governor among the nations. You just can't rule that out. No matter what is going on, the Lord is in charge. I said the Lord is in charge. Praise the living God. So, again, we, we take a look at, um, um, from the Living Translation, Psalm 110, verse number 1 and 2. And there again, we'll find the Bible says, the Lord said to my Lord, Sit to the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. And I try to emphasize the fact that we have to understand this, that the feet of Jesus is within his body. In other words, the feet are under his body or the feet carries his body because he's the head. Remember Isaiah chapter 9, it tells us, a child is born, a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulder. Remember that. The government is not upon the head of the son, but on the shoulder of the son. And so the shoulder is the body of Christ. you got to understand that. You individually and collectively is the church, which is the body of Christ. And the Bible says the government is going to be upon the shoulder. So the rulership of Christ is resting squarely upon the shoulder of the church, which is his body. Now, it's good we understand this fact, because the thing I'm about to share is actually related more and more to the entire body, though individually we can pick up from there as well. So get the point right, that the enemies have to be under the feet of Jesus, which is his body. He walks through us. Remember, Second Corinthians 6, on the last two verses, Bible is saying, separate yourself, we are the idol, I mean, from idols, for you are the temple of the living God. I will dwell in you, I will walk in you, you shall be my son and daughters, and I'll be a God unto you. That's what it said. Okay, so verse 2 of Psalm 110 said, The Lord will extend your kingdom, powerful kingdom, from Jerusalem. You will rule over the nations. And that's interesting. The Lord will extend your powerful kingdom. God will extend the powerful kingdom of Christ. Hallelujah. From Jerusalem. What Jerusalem? The church. The church. 
For we know Hebrews 12, 22, 23 us that we've come unto Mount Zion, I mean Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. So when he says you extend the powerful kingdom from Jerusalem, he's talking about you extending your powerful kingdom through the church. That's what he's saying. And then he says you will rule over your enemies. So the church is meant to rule over her enemies. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so we just slide down very quickly to Colossians 1 verse 12. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the other Bible says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and light. The saints and light. Get that. We're partakers of the inheritance of the saints and light. That means there are certain things that will come to inherit by belonging to Christ. And this is very, very profound. You got to understand that. Our inheritance is in Christ. And God intends us to execute by way of this inheritance his rule, power, and glory on the face of the earth. Verse 13 says, Who have delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Who have delivered us glory and have translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. We have been shifted. We have been moved from the power of darkness. And now we're resident or residing in the kingdom of his dear son. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so, we begin to see more clearly that because of the position where we are, like we find in Ephesians 2 verse 6, we're sitting together with him in heavenly places. We are to rule and reign. We are to exercise authority and dominion on the face of the earth. Through the Christ spirit that is indwelling. And so, in the message translation again, like we said, Ephesians 1 verse 22, message translation. He said, he is in charge of it all. God is in charge. I mean, Christ is in charge of the universe, of all government, galaxies. He is in charge. He said, he's in charge of it all. He has the final world and everything. At the center of at the center of all this, Christ rules the church. Hallelujah. Christ rules the church. Now, verse 22. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the wall. The wall is peripheral to the church. You know what they're trying to say? The wall is not at the circumference. I mean, the church is not at the circumference of the wall. The church is not the outskirts of the wall. In other words, the church is at the center and the wall is at, its, at the corner or around it. The rule, the authority of all things is within the church. And the church is at the center. It's not peripheral to the wall. The wall is peripheral to the church. And that is why part of our rulership comes from the perspective of even that which is called fashion. You can't expect the world to dictate how you dress. No, no, no. You can't expect the world to dictate how you dress. If the world is dictating how the church should dress, it simply means the church is peripheral to the world and not the other way around. I just threw that in. Praise God. Because you see, in Exodus 28, the Bible tells us God spoke to the children of Israel. How that it made holy garment for Aaron and his sons. That means the way the believer dresses as royal priesthood 
is completely different from the way the world dresses. And I feel this is important. So you see, you see, the world, the church is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. I say the church is God's body. I said that before. In which he speaks and acts, but which he feels everything with his presence. Glory to God. Listen to this. The church is Christ's body, you and I. In which he speaks and acts, but which he feels everything with his presence. That means when we move, we carry the presence of God. God expects us to influence the environment we find ourselves. No wonder scripture says you are the salt of the earth. Glory. You are the salt of the earth. By implication. Anywhere you find yourself. Whether in the office. At home. At school. At work. Anywhere you find yourself. Everywhere. You are supposed to be seasoning that environment. That is part of your influence. That's part of your kingdom authority that you influence it. You season the environment with the very presence of God, with the glory of God, with the aroma of God. You change the climate of your home, of your office. I mean, even on the road, wherever there are people, you change the atmosphere. How glory to God. This is a privilege God has given to you and I as his body. On the face of the earth today. We need to carry that aroma. And change the climate. And change the fragrance. That is full of bad odors if you will. In the world. By implication everything that is corrupting. We season and give it life. Praise God. Are you with me? I need to begin to ask you. If that has become your experience. You know, there are some people when they step into an environment, I mean, the climate changes. Sometimes it turns to a situation where people just get angry because it carries the personality of anger. It begins to demonstrate and distribute this spirit in such environment. And all of the people around there begin to pick up this vibration. But God expects us when we step into an environment, we release the vibration of Christ. His spirit. Oh, glory, glory, glory. His spirit. So that Everywhere we step into, they pick up the Christ spirit and they change from whatever situation that we're supposed to be to another situation. God has made it in such a way through Christ that men should welcome Christians to whatever environment they find themselves. By implication, if things are not going right, God expects that once the children are sent to such environment, things will pick up. Typical example is found in the case of Jacob. With the house of Laban. You know, when he got there to the house of Laban, things were not the way they were supposed to be. But by the time Jacob finished having and wanted to leave, Laban made a confession. Genesis 32. He made a confession. He said, I got to tell you this. Since you come into this place, my business changed. By implication, we find that Laban carried the presence, a covenant personality, into the house of Laban. Jacob, I mean, carried that personality into the house of Laban. And the businesses of Jacob sprang up. That is dominion. That is covenant being executed. Oh, glory. On behalf of God. Are you with me? 
things just picked up just because a covenant son came into the environment. So I expect you, even in your business areas, that they begin to pick up better than the way they are. I am saying, your manager, your director needs you in the business. I am saying, because you are executing this confident power that is flowing through your life, your boss will not want to sack you. Even if you want to resign, he will not want to let you go. Why? Because your president brought a change to that environment. Man, there's a privilege God is giving to us. That is how we rule and reign. That's why we permeate the environment with the glory and the presence of God. Amen? So, he said, the church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts. But which he feels everything with his presence. He feels everything. Nothing is left to be filled. Everything is to be filled with the presence of God. We take Christ's spirit and release it into the atmosphere. Every aspect, everywhere we find ourselves, God just beginning to move and bringing changes. Bringing in joy, bringing in excitement, bringing in fulfillment, bringing in hope to people who are lost. We have lost hope. Men who are discouraged will bring life to them just because we show up. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Are you with me? This should be your portion as part of how you execute the authority of God's kingdom. Hallelujah. Now, I said it's also in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4, reading from the message translation. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, King James as a matter of fact, but mighty true God to the pulling down of strong goals. And strong goals are not demons, strong goals are mentalities. Strong goals are cultural beliefs, systems that man have come to, cling to, that they live their life with and live their life by. These are strong goals. They are thought patterns that have become systems of operation. And God is saying we demolish these things with the understanding of God's spirit and God's word. And he said, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exerted itself against the knowledge of God. But like I said yesterday, if you read it from verse number three, it's so powerful a scripture, message translation. He said, the wall is on principle. It dog it in dogs there. The wall doesn't fight fair, but we don't live or figure and fight our battles that way. Never have we and never will. The tools of our trade are in for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entire massive corrupt culture. Oh, glory. The massive corrupt culture that is found around us. We demolish them. We destroy them. We remove them. We give, and we, we make them to give way so that Christ alone will rule and reign. Glory to God. We use our powerful God tools for smashing what philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God. Hallelujah. Fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulses into the structure. Glory, glory. Into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Can you get that? We are demolishing and causing every barrier that is erected by way of thinking, by way of imagination, against the truth of God, and causing that to be fully fitted, lose thought and emotion, impulses into the life and the shape of Jesus Christ. 
This Bible says our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building life's co-glory of obedience unto maturity. Building lives of obedience into maturity. Everyone that's supposing, this is where we exercise authority. When we move on, you see, look at what Jesus told the disciples in the book of John chapter 20. No time to read it. And he said, I give you power. Whosoever sins, you remit, they are remitted. And whosoever sins, you forgive, they are forgiven. In other words, you have authority. Glory. I gave you that authority. How is that being done? It's simply through the gospel. As you preach the gospel, when men come to believe, their sins are forgiven. You see the principle? Their sins are forgiven. Those who reject it, those who refuse the message the apostles are going to preach, Jesus is saying that sins are retained. Why? Because they reject the gospel. So part of the way you exercise your dominion authority is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the kingdom of God. That men may move into the life of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. This is how you exercise dominion on the face of the earth. For Jesus told them, to whosoever sins you are forgiven, they are forgiven. Whosoever to you retain, they are retained. Why and how? Like I said, simply through the preaching of the gospel. Are you part of those people taking the gospel around the nations, in your environment, in your community, in your village, in your home? Are you propagating the gospel? This is the key to exercise and dominion. The man will submit to your authority by the words you preach. Remember what happened in Acts chapter 2? The people came up and said, brethren, what shall we do? Oh, glory. When time Peter began to speak, he said, brethren, what shall we do? When John started speaking, he said, what will you have us do? That submission to the authority of the ministry of John and that of Apostle Peter. And that's exactly how God intended us to move on. Praise God. Are you with me? All right. And so, when you look at the book of Revelation, chapter 11, verse 15, the Bible says, And the seven angels sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, Oh, hallelujah. The kingdom of this world are becoming, her glory, the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and it shall reign forever and ever. Now the word ever and ever is not just talking of eternity and eternity. It means ages to ages. Amen. Hallelujah. The kingdoms of this world, the authorities of this world, the dominion of this world, the kings of this world are becoming the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign for ages into the ages. From now into the ages. But, but I'm trying to say, how is he reigning? And that's exactly what I'm trying to explain before. He reigns through the church. He reigns through you and I. We take his presence, his authority, his dominion across the nations. So that all the cultures, all the other beliefs you find around the nations that are standing against the spirit of Christ might be demolished. As we go on pulling down all of these strongholds, we are expanding and increasing the kingdom of God on the face of the earth. This is what the Bible is saying. This is how to exercise kingdom authority. 
causing the mind of God to be made known and received by other people. Taking out of them all negative thoughts and mindsets that are contrary to the mind, the purposes, and the glory of God. Are you with me? This is kingdom dominion. This is kingdom authority. And so when you send the disciples, I say, I give you power over devils. You go cast out devils, preach the kingdom, heal the sick. That is dominion. Are you with me? Hallelujah. And so, somebody said, but I can't seem to see anything. You say the kingdom of this world are becoming the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, but I can't seem to see anything happening. Well, certainly that's the way it is. Let me give you a simple illustration of this. In Matthew 13, verse 33, Jesus said, Glory to God. You know what he said? Another parable spake here unto them. And he said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a living, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal, till the whole was leavened. Together. The kingdom of God is like living. In other words, it doesn't operate with noise, but yet it's powerful to change the system. There's a few who, uh, sisters who bake bread, you know what I'm talking about. We're talking about yeast. Yeast is what causes the flour to rise. It makes that what you call bread to come to the size that it is from a small cake. There is so much power in the yeast to cause that bread to rise to that level you now call loaf of bread. You see that? But it doesn't fight, it doesn't struggle, it doesn't make noise. The baker just simply drop it up there, just a little, and it takes off the whole loaf of bread. That is how the kingdom is operated. You may not say, that's why I say in Luke 17, 21, 20, 21, the kingdom does not come with observation, but Lord, the kingdom of God is within you. It's permeating your entire system. That is why this one parable is given to us and it said, it's like the love that is here in three measures. I mean, the, 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 the living and is here in three measures of meal. You know what that means? It means your spirit, your soul, and your body. So even within your body, there is a movement taking place. There is a conquering taking place. Jesus is conquering your entire system from your spirit down to your soul, from your soul down to your physical body. He's conquering you. The kingdom is to be revealed through you. Praise God. The more you receive this kingdom within you, the more you allow Christ to conquer you, the more you are powerful enough to conquer other people. Because... It is by the measure of conquering the God have conquered you that you can conquer other people. How glory. They together. The measure of submission you have to Christ for him to have his rule over you is the measure of power and glory you have to be able to conquer the same spirit in other people. That is why in Luke 20 to 24, I mean 29, he said, and that appointed you unto it, appoint you Unto you a kingdom, as my father has appointed unto me. And I appoint unto you a kingdom, as my father has appointed unto me. And I want you to take this serious, because this is very, very important in what we are discussing today. 
how the you express this. Remember, if you be given a kingdom, that means you got to rule. You are a king in that sphere of life. Amen. And so, you quickly follow with me to Jeremiah fifty-one verse twenty. I, I, if you look, if you look into First uh, King chapter seven verse twenty-one, you're going to see a very nice parable, if I may use the word, illustration of what I'm about to say. Yes, yeah, Solomon was building the temple, and he erected two pillars. One was called Jashan, the other was called Boaz. First Kings seven twenty-one. The one that is called Jashan is actually a priest. The one that is called Boaz is actually a businessman in the Bible. So there are two major two pillars, two major pillars that God intended to erect. And I believe God is erecting even now for the church to really stand in its place to rule and reign on the face of the earth. What are these two pillars? The priesthood and the marketplace. That is why we are made priests and kings. The priests and the kings in the kingdom. Not just that, the rulers, those who have power, those who have dominion in the marketplace. Just like we have Daniel, just like we have Joseph. Amen. These are kings in those spheres. Priests and kings are the ones that God is raising today on the face of the earth. For some of you watching now, you may be in business. Don't you ever think that God didn't call you? God called you. Remember, in Exodus 31, the first person in the Bible, if you check this scripture, the first thing, the first person that received the baptism of the Holy Spirit was not a preacher. He was an artist. And that's the person of Basilea. Exodus 31. It was the person of Basilea. Is that okay? God called him and told Moses, listen, I've called Bezalel and I put my spirit upon him for craftsmanship. Bezalel was the one that did all of the temple designs, all the cuttings that were in the most holy place where they hand the work of Bezalel. And God said, my spirit is upon him. So the first man that received the Holy Spirit for work, not for preaching, was an artist. And so don't you ever think that because you're not carrying the Bible and preaching the pulpit, therefore you don't have a calling. That is not true. You only need to find out exactly what God has called you to be and to do. And for him as well. Because God has appointed you a kingdom. That's fair of your grace, your talent, your ability is your kingdom. And God intends you to rule in that sphere. If you are not like that is your kingdom. God expects you to shine as an atlas. If you are a footballer, that is your kingdom. God expects you to shine as a footballer. You are making people happy. You are entertaining people. These are spheres that God has given. Praise the living God. They are all kingdoms. But they must portray. Somebody say in football, oh, collusion. You know what he says? Whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Whatever thing you do is whatever. That's what he said. Whatever thing you do, do it to the glory of God. Business, do it to the glory of God. Ushering, do it to the glory of God. That is a sphere of the kingdom. 
cleaning the chains in the church. That is a realm. It's a kingdom. Whatever thing you do, do it to the glory of God. Are you a chef? Cook the food in such a pure way that people can feel satisfied when they eat your food. Oh, glory to God. Are you following me? You're conquering the area of the restaurant. But man will always come to you. And from that spell, you begin to emanate and manifest the kingdom principles. You begin to preach the gospel. You open the door for men to come. Not to just only to feed, but to begin to seek the man that's behind all that you're doing. And that is Jesus Christ. That is ruling and reigning. Whatever do you do, do it to the glory of God. That is kingdom expression. That is kingdom authority. So your business should be committed to the hand of God. Amen? You should be able to hand over your business to God. You do it to the glory of God. No manipulation. No cheating. No bribing. You do it to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Are you following me? That is kingdom authority in the marketplace. Priests do the same thing. But let's quickly go to Jeremiah chapter 55 because I'm also saying the time is running. And um, yeah, we've got a few mi- more minutes. Let's do something with that. Hallelujah. Look at that. Jeremiah chapter 51 and verse number 20. And I like this. The word says, you are my battle axe and weapons of war. Mm. Hallelujah. He's talking to somebody. He's talking to you. He's talking to the church. Remember, I said, the Bible said, the kingdom of this world are becoming the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and it shall reign from the ages to the ages. So how is that doing? I mean, how is it doing that? The kingdom principle is just like the living. You remember that? Glory to God. And he said, you are about to ask, and weapons of war. Are you seeing that? God is depending on you to do stuff on the face of the earth. That's what you pick from this. God is depending on you. God has sent you forth as his battle axe and weapons of war to pull down, to destroy, to plant, to erect again that which is of glory, that which is of righteousness, that which is of justice in the world. Are you saying that? You are my battle axe and weapons of war. Read with me. For with you, I will break the nations in pieces. With you, I will destroy kingdoms. Glory to God. I will destroy nations. I will destroy kingdoms. What are we saying here? We're talking about the people that will reshape the destiny of nations and kingdoms. Operating cultures and replacing them with God's mandate and spirit. Hallelujah. Did you get that? With you, would I destroy kingdoms and nations? Oh, glory. I wish we can get this in our mind and begin to see the need for missionaries to such nations and cultures that have not imbibed the gospel of the Lord yet. I wish you can understand how God is depending on the church to take over the world. For the kingdoms of this world are becoming the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. So with you, will I do what? Destroy nations. I'll break them to pieces and I will destroy kingdoms with you. 
Did you get that? So we are dealing now here with the people that will reshape the destiny of nations and kingdoms. That by reason of your presence in a particular nation, that nation will begin to, to, to shift from what it is in terms of culture to that of Christ. Belief system to that of Christ. Are you with me? Hallelujah. You see, you see the same principle applied and played out in the life of Philip the evangelist. Remember, he got down to Samaria and we are told that the whole of Samaria was taken over with the gospel of the kingdom. And what's the next thing that happened? The Bible says God took him from Samaria to a eunuch in the desert. You remember the story? So what happened? Why do you think God would take him from a whole city and take him to one man? The eunuch was from the Queen of Sheba, Ethiopia. Remember, they came to the feast of Pentecost and he was going back when God said, go join yourself to the chariot. So what was God doing? God was sending a new message of the New Testament, that is where, to Ethiopia. Why? Because already in Ethiopia, they were worshipping the Yahweh, the Old Testament principles or order. By reason of the fact that the Queen of Sheba went to Solomon and then she melted when he saw all that Solomon stood for. She got converted. As a matter of fact, they had a child together called Menelik who finally took over from the mother when the mother died. Is that okay? So now the Queen of Sheba, they were already worshipping in Ethiopia. They were already worshipping the God of heaven, which is Yahweh. Now, the new season has come, which is Pentecost. And this man was going back from the festival. And God said, no, you go join yourself to that man and introduce this new season. So what was it? Philip that went to join that man simply means Philip was taking over a whole nation. So from a city, or from, from a nation, he was taking over a kingdom from that Samaria. He made him to go take over a whole kingdom, which is the kingdom of Ethiopia. That he might now begin to worship. The true God. Hallelujah. And guess what? This is one of the major reasons why the kingdom or the country or the nature of Ethiopia was not colonized by the imperialists. They were not colonized. Why? They believe in Jehovah. They worship the true God. And it was through Philip that this was done. So what is that supposed to mean from what we're saying here? Through you. Will I destroy kingdoms, destroy nations, change the culture of those nations? And that's exactly what happened with Philip. And that's exactly what God intends to do with you and I. If you are listening to me and you understand what I'm saying, this is exactly what God intends you to do. This is what God intends us to do. Changing cultures in the nation that the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. So everywhere you find yourself is a platform. Every realm you find yourself is a pulpit. Your place of work is a pulpit. Not that you go there and begin to preach to people. It's not what I'm talking about. But your lifestyle and the glory coming out of you will make them to seek God through you. You're changing the atmosphere. You're changing the culture of that place. How many of you remember that Naaman, Naaman got healed because of a slave girl? The slave girl was taken from Israel right down over there. 
where the king was. Remember that? Syria. Assyria. And now, when it was time for this girl, I mean, so powerful a principle. Understand this. Nehemiah got healed just because of a slave girl who came from Israel. That is to say, even though she was outside Israel, Israel was still in her. Hallelujah. Can you pick that? No matter where she finds herself, she wasn't seeing herself as a slave. She was seeing herself as a citizen, as a bona fide, born again citizen, if you will, of Israel. The culture of Israel was still in her. You couldn't take Israel from her. Though she was a slave girl in the natural. But in the spirit, she was an Israelite. And she told the madam, I said, you better talk to this man. Tell your husband, whatever the case may be, your master. Let him just go to Israel. There's a prophet there. Where he came from. He'll be healed of this leprosy. That's what we're talking about. That is dominion mandate. This girl exercises influence from another realm. And guess what? We are made to understand when this Naaman of a guy was going back, they parked the sand of Israel. That means they took the culture, they took the identity of Israel back to the Assyrians. Oh, glory. Can you see that? That's what we're saying. Can you imagine a slave girl turning the whole king perception and thinking into that of God in a foreign land? That's what we're saying. No matter where you find yourself, God expects you to manifest the kingdom. Praise the living God. Can we see take something else? A little bit. And then he said, verse 21, with you I will break in pieces the horses and his riders. Let me just read through it a little bit. With you I will break in pieces the chariot and the riders. This is military spare. God intends us to have authority and dominion in ministry spell. You see, if you look at the book of Second King, chapter 6, verse number 8, you'll be able to see precisely how God manifested this as well. Second Kings chapter 6, verse number 8, you'll be able to see how we are made to understand that prophet Elias, right, was always telling the king where not to go to war. And where to go to war. He would say don't go this way because. They set a trap there. Or they are coming. The Assyrians are coming through that means. Every plan. Hallelujah. Every plan that the Assyrian people had. To invade Israel. Was revealed unto who? Unto Elias. And so what happened? We are made to understand. At the end of the day. That God was always revealing this thing to the prophet. And the prophet would tell the king not to go that way. Did you get that? And that's exactly what we're talking about. This is kingdom control. Even in the military sphere. And that's precisely what God asked us to do. Where is the church today? How are we influencing government? How are we influencing the military cycle? That means all the wars of Israel. They were fought in the temple before they ever they go out there. This is the influence of the church. I believe God has impacted something to us. I believe God has come to help us at this season. That we begin to look beyond. There's the four walls of the church. And take up the kingdom. And move out. So that the kingdoms of this earth. Will become the kingdoms of our Lord. 
and of his Christ. Thank you so much. Once again, I thank you for the privilege and the opportunity. Bless you, Apostle Hans. Thank you so very much. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.